Tim, season two, episode 38 of Stats Don't Matter. The regular season is over. And so is the final season. Well, so is the final episode of this season. Season two, Stats Don't Matter. We're going to talk about the picks. Maybe we sneak one more in around Super Bowl time. We might. We might. We might. We we probably should. Yeah, life's getting in the way. Life's getting in the way. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do it for the people. We're a podcast of the people over here. Look, the picks race is OVA over. Yes, I have emerged victorious in this picks race in my plight to wear the ugliest jersey known to man. And we'll talk about it. I know you're you're so happy. But in our cups this week, I know that you went out and you found yourself a nice little whale, an imperial stout from Chicago, Illinois, a rare barrel variant. But you know what, Tim? I see your tiny bottle and I raise you a magnum, okay? I also have an imperial stout this week. I'm guaranteeing about halfway through the podcast, while you've had about three sips of your beer, I will be about halfway through this. It will be incoherent, I am sure, as we go towards the end. But that's fine, because like my picks towards the end of the season, they also got incoherent. Everyone <laughs> knows you can follow us on Instagram at Stats Don't Matter and Twitter at Stats Podcast, all things sports beer, and in the future going to be one just up, unbelievably disgusting Ooh, photo wait. of me in that, <laughs> that FC jersey. Uh, I can't wait. And of course, you could you can find Stats No Matter wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google. Tim, let's get into the show. Tim, you think that you're going to go ahead and talk about your beer first, but this is absolutely not what's happening. Yeah. I have broken into the Magnum 2020 Abraxas from Perennial. Um, this is a fantastic beer, ale brewed with ancho chili peppers, cacao nibs, cinnamon, and vanilla. I'm not even using the correct proper glassware because, to be honest. What I wanted to do was just pop the top off this thing and just drink out of it like a like a vagrant, like a degenerate. But I figured probably wouldn't be the best. And I need to find a way to at least know how many units of measurement of this beer I've had. So there's there's the first four. Jet black, as you can see, just a nice little tan coffee head there on the top. I got oh, it. I, smelled, I got smelled a little, the chili peppers. I got a little life motto I live by now that I'm going to teach you that you should also. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Uh, Mama ain't raised what no bitch. <laughs> she <laughs> just, mine. Should have just, my mom. <laughs> just slugged that thing and not cared. That's what you should have done. Mm. I digress. Boom. I remember a couple weeks back you had that um, that barley wine from Barrel Souls that was supposed to taste like um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's yeah. kind of like what you can get here. But the thing that's great about Abraxas is it, it does taste like the, you know, you get like a Tahitian coffee or something. It's got the cinnamon in it. Um, but the chili peppers, the chili peppers for me just shine through this thing. Mm. It's amazing. I don't really know how a beer that has peppers doesn't light your mouth on fire, right? Because like, you know, the Scoville <laughs> units, if you're familiar with hot peppers, like you can cook that shit all you want. It doesn't go away. Yeah. The heat stays there. It's residual. And I, I ended up having a, a habanero IPA on the, the backside of Alki Beach in Seattle a few years ago. And I just remember the bartender being like, you can't drink this slow. I'm like, why? He's like, there's nowhere for the heat to go. It just continues to go down in the, into the glass. So you're better off just chugging this thing. And, you know, don't be a bitch about it. And that's kind of how I feel I'm going to have to do this. So it is super ice cold. I know your Imperial Stout fans are like, that's travesty. Why did you do that? I did that so my, my throat isn't going to be on fire. Although keep talking it's gonna warm up real nice so <laughs> I, I i'm gonna be honest this is 
This is super good. Super, super tasty. I'm probably going to fly through this and at 11%. That shouldn't happen. Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and give us a 4-4 out the gate. Not because it's going to drown my sorrows for how I've inevitably lost this picks battle this season with a worthy opponent, might I add. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, man, this is this is something else. This this could almost be like you would put this in a coffee cup and give it to someone and they might have it. And just the next morning be like, what did you put in that coffee? You know what I mean? It It is it is a a very, very good version of that. So not not a bad beer at all. Not a bad beer. Pretty great. 4.4, Bob. Wow. All right. Yeah, I was, I was wondering what was up. You were literally like rattling through that quickly. So I didn't realize it was because uh, of what was happening. So <clears throat> anyway, uh, what I have in my hand is a Goose Island variant, which, you know, they come out once a year. Say what you want about Goose Island and, 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 and you know, big major distributors and whatnot. Goose Island stays one of the better uh, seasonal releases that you can get your hands on, regardless of what your opinion is on the on the, on the state of the, the company or whatnot. They they do a great job. Um, I support small breweries pretty much ninety nine percent of the time, but this is the one that I go out and I find every year because there's a little bit of a little bit of sentimental value to it. Um, about I don't know eight years ago now. When I proposed to my wife, I was leaving from Massachusetts on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving and stopped at a package store and they happened to put out, this is back when they put Goose Island in the small bottles and I think it was still Goose Island back then, it was its own thing. Um, I had a four pack of the stout and a four pack of the barley wine and I brought that down with me, surprised my wife and her whole family by proposing to my wife on Thanksgiving and the beers I had immediately to follow were the Goose Island beers. So every year I try and grab them and... You know, I'll grab a couple of the variants, but uh, I have a, a bunch of the aged ones. They don't go back the entire time because after about five years, the flavors fall off. But I usually keep a, a small collection around. But this year they went big. Uh, it's no surprise. I'm a, I'm a whiskey fan. Talked about it a little bit. I've had some on here. Uh, <clears throat> and they came out swinging with this one. Uh, two of their three of their top tiers were uh, one aged in Blanton's. And then the upper tier from there was an Elijah Craig double barrel. And then the one notch above that is the Old Forester 150, which is what I have here resting in my hand. Now, yeah, so Sam is not a uh, a terribly big whiskey guy himself. So I don't know if he would quite understand the importance of this, res this, uh, this reference, but... Uh, it was aged in Old Forester 150 anniversary barrels. And Old Forester 150 is one of the hardest whiskeys to get shy of, you know, the ones that a lot of people have heard of before, Pappy and yeah. Old Rip Van Winkle and whatnot. But uh, in terms of, like, more reasonable beers to get your hands on, um, this is one of those that, you know, Secondary markets and retail markets, this bottle is like an $800 bottle of whiskey. Uh, <clears throat> so they went ahead and aged some uh, some of their stout in it, and I'm extremely excited for this. Uh, the bottles were not cheap. They were hard to get your hands on, and I managed to get my hands on a couple of them, and I've been waiting for a good opportunity to do it, and now is that opportunity. Damn. Without the nose, you would expect like heavy bourbon, 
but cannot no. wait for you to give this beer a 2.35 coming <sighs> no. feel it in my bones tim so old forester 150 is a heavy proof too it's like 126 it's it's usually bottled at uh like barrel strength um but oh smells phenomenal and it, I, I have to take a picture of it first sorry i gotta go all like instagram um white girl influencer did, yep. here um but okay well, so that's I, what we are tim we we make we make reels where we you know gyrate around and show our body parts and you know ask weird nondescript questions in in the comments you know what i mean like that's just that's what we do yeah, and, and then we follow it up with some sort of soundtrack that's been used on Instagram like a 50 bajillion times. Quick sidebar, yep. if you ever want to see how unoriginal we are as a species, open up Instagram, uh, <laughs> click on a video of one of your friends or whoever, just click on a video, and then scroll down and let the algorithm show you things and let, you, let it present to you videos. And watch all the TikTok videos, or just go to TikTok, I guess. I don't have one, so I don't know. But watch all the videos... And you see the same archetype Song. of mm -hmm. females. They're generally like attractive. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I mean, no, 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 I made, no, no. I made this that isn't... joke in the beginning. No, no, no. I'm not. I, I'm actually can be whatever gender they want. Uh, that influencers in the wild is a, is a phenomenal follow. But if you mm -hmm. if you start scrolling down, what you notice is like the archetype or the or the the character type. It generally tends to be the same. You know, attractive white women. Uh, who are making videos over soundtracks that have to do with either um, network marketing or um, being home with kids. And it's usually some funny joke about, you know, the, the struggles that, you know, stay-at-home moms go through, which I understand. Um, or like college-age girls, you know, making funny TikToks. But it's literally the same audio a million times over and over and over and over and over again and everyone who posts it's like look how original i am it's like what? i just watched 14 of these to get to you to see it yeah it's yep. a weird world out there but yeah if you ever want to see click on a video i'm sure most of you have already click on a video and just scroll down and start making a mental note of how many times you see the same thing but anyway so that's what you're saying about old foresters old forester is is a tiktok influencer it's a it's an attractive woman who is is replicated 14 or times no, over. I'm so glad that you told me that. No, this is this is the uh this is this is the whale. This would be the the Giselle Boonchin. Boonchin? Giselle Boonchin? I know you watched all nine episodes of Man in the Man in the High Castle Arena, whatever. So you you would have know how to pronounce that. Come Sam on. says that like he hasn't watched an episode of it. Scouts honor. I've not. Well, you should because you're going to be wearing his jersey next year. <laughs> Mm. All right. Yep. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I'm looking, all of these are obviously objective because we're not uh, critics or anything like that. I am a big whiskey guy. Uh, I have a bottle of Heidi. I have a bottle of Heidi here. I have four on a shelf here. Sam, I'm moving my camera so you can see that I have several stashed up here. Uh, and that's just in my office because I ran out of room in the actual whiskey like cabinet that no. I have some in. Uh, this comes across pretty whiskey heavy, but in my opinion, in a good way, right? Like I want Old Forester in this. I want the 150 because I'm too cheap to ever buy an Old Forester 150 for myself. So <laughs> I would like a sampling of that without having to purchase it. Hey, um, yeah. 
But this is this is really good. It's got a, a nice sort of. I, they didn't use coffee stout for this, but it does have a nice sort of like bitter stout flavor that kind of accentuates and offsets the uh, like the big bourbon flavor that comes through aging it in a in a foolproof barrel or a, uh, like a something like barrel strength. That I think it's again. I, th I think it's like 126 proof or something like that, which is pretty high. And they didn't age it for all that long, so it doesn't pull all of it out. But this is really good. It pulls in like a sweetness that you sometimes get with barrel-aged whiskeys that comes just from the natural process of things. But um, I will though say it's not the it's not the single best barrel-aged stout I've ever had. We all know where that where that goes. But damn it, got the bingo card ready to go. Um, I mean, barrel souls might actually. I have I have three more down in the basement. I haven't opened yet. Um, I'm gonna give this one. Hmm. I'm gonna give it a four. I'll give this one like a four, two, a four two. It is <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. So 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 to explain. My sliding scale, 3.75, was absolute bullshit. Yeah, yeah, you just talked about and waxed politically about Old Forester 150, and I'm yeah. a whiskey guy. And then you gave this fucking beer. After you gassed it up, you gave it a 4.25. Yeah. I just said it wasn't the best barrel-aged stout I've ever had. I like, I like that I can taste the whiskey, but that doesn't mean it's a phenomenal stout. Don't forget, we're reviewing a beer, not a whiskey, right? In my mind, if you give a beer... Mm -hmm. a review and you mm -hmm. say in that review it's not the best i've ever had i'm not expecting a four to follow that i'm just not well i'm not no no, no 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 what i'm saying is but i have had false some advertising no, no no what i'm saying is i've had phenomenal phenomenal barrel aged stouts and to say that while this is very good is better than those would just that would be lying that would be just hyping it up and it, just because of the the whiskey that's in there, in my opinion, this is very very good. If if I hadn't had any, if I had never had a Barrel Souls or I'd never had a, an Angry Chair, this would be up there with one of the better ones I've ever had. But because I've had some of the best that you can get your hands on, and those are just two breweries that like specialize in a lot of that stuff. I I, I know like the closest I've ever come to a five is an Angry Chair Barrel Stout. So like. That's that's here. That's the top of my that's the top of my list. And this it's not there. The whiskey is phenomenal. I would have rather had a a glass of the whiskey to try it, but I don't have that. So judging it strictly on a stout, regardless of what it's aged in, yeah. It's four two, which still is a great score. Four two. No? I gave a beer. Uh, I just I gave a whale just, a two something uh recently. Yeah, so you can't yeah, you can't you shit on my scale. But all, all you did in that, uh, and now as the um, the sugar from this beer is now beginning to solidify in my lips, it's going to look like Ashley Larry here in a in a few moments here. But <laughs> and if you don't know that reference, you gotta you gotta turn off this podcast because you're probably too young for us. Uh, I'm just saying that you did a lot of talking about that, mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. you gave the beer a rating that I would expect for a 14th uh, Instagram scroll. You know what I mean? No, it's Sam, just, this is your sliding scale where a 4-2 is my 3. <laughs> Whatever, dude. It's, it's that's what's in our cups this yeah. week. The phenomenal beer that's a 4-2. Yeah. Okay, Jen. Oh, my God. Are we, are we at that point where, like, 4-2s are bad beers now? I'm, I'm confused. I don't know, but I would never say 
to a beer that was rated anything four or above. Not the best that I've had. If I'm saying not the best, it's not it's not above a four. It sniffs like a three five or a three six for me. You, no. This is your fault. This is your fault. This is your fault, Tim, because Get when I did my little reading. bullshit sliding scale. You're reading no, no, too no. much when into I did my it. little bullshit sliding scale. I would always always You're... give the benefit of the doubt. Oh, it's not a terrible beer. I'm never gonna drink it again. Three seven five. And now I'm like three eight? What what's that Britney Spears song? Nah, you want a 4.0? You better reading, work, bitch. You're reading into it too much. I said it's, I have had better stouts. I have, I have, I have, I have. Hey, Jamie, run that back. I think he said, not the best I've ever had. <laughs> not, it's not the best one I've ever had, but it's a good one, is what I said. Oh, it's a good one. Okay, good. Good, um, I hope that you feel the, the same for the other three, and if you don't like them, you can definitely put them in the beer mail. <clears throat> just just throwing that out there. Oh, no, I can't send you my shitty beer. My 4.2 beer is not <laughs> up to your standards. I'm sorry. That's true. That's true, actually. Now that I think about it, I keep that shit. I don't want it. All yeah, right, yeah, let's yeah. get into these picks here. Let's just get the cat out of the bag right now. Let's just let's just take a look at it. Coming into the week, you had a slim two-pick lead. Uh, my picks weeks was a disaster. A disaster. Yes. I finally got all of the bad football uh, karma, I guess you could say. Yeah. You got... Five right. I got two right this week. It was getting kind of crazy there, but I had a long stretch where I didn't get any of the picks right. We end this season. 17 weeks. Even though it's an 18-week season, we didn't do picks week one. Yeah. I end with 71 correct. You end with 76 and a half. So a one-score game. <sighs> I'll one give you the half game. back. I'll give you the half back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being, being down by two field goals, uh, ultimately not the worst thing in the world. I definitely did spend a lot of the season picking with uh, my heart of hearts instead of, I don't know, fucking reading some reading some articles, watching the film. That shit won't happen again next season. So you have won the pick mm. battle this season, sir. And I believe that you found um, you have found a suitable jersey. I Do you did. have a, an, an Etsy uh, an Etsy diagram you can you can provide? Oh my god, it's beautiful! It's beautiful. So. Um... <clears throat> You know, for any new listeners, I'm pretty sure at this point we're just recording for the same, I don't know, 100 people every week. So good for you guys. Thanks for hanging out. We love you. Uh, And gals. Yeah, so Sam. And and they, them. Yeah. So Sam, diehard Seahawks fan, uh, screwed up his uh, I'm going to make you wear a jersey by giving me a Baker Mayfield jersey, which, I mean, sure. Is he my favorite player? (sighs) Nope. But why wouldn't you have gone with, like, Nick Foles or something else that has a little bit more meaning to my life than Baker yeah. Mayfield? I'm like, all right, cool. I'm on the Browns hype train. But uh, Sam, however, Sam has a very, very special decision he has to make because what he gets to don is one of the most iconic jerseys that has ever been created. <laughs> you guys have seen the photos of it, but um, there's this quarterback <laughs> From this small town in New England, it's a it's a team. I don't know the Patriots. Bullshit! Know, he's a California boy. Take it out of here. Don't. No, no, he's not there. But this 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 team, it's it's from you know this small town in, in New England, in, in the Patriots or something like that. And then he went on to somewhere in, in Florida. Uh, the thing is, he's got a really diehard following. So what their fans have done is they followed him from New England uh, to Florida. And, like most people from New England do. But they can't figure out like what's going to happen and who to root for. So instead, someone made the best of both worlds and they made a half and half jersey where you have the Patriots on one side 
And you have the Buccaneers on the other. It's a piece of art with a with the 12 and the Brady. It's, man, it is just chef kiss. Ah, Sam just has a difficult decision to choose between, like, the white and red or the blue and the off-white or the gray. I don't know what, what direction we're going to go in, but Sam. Uh, that thing, that thing is spectacular. I'll tell you what, I yeah, will I, let you forego wearing it in a picture so you don't have to live with that forever because I will bring that up repeatedly. If you, no, get you, it, if you get it framed and, like, shadow boxed or, like, put it in a frame... And during our recordings, that shit goes on the wall behind you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'd rather... I'd, you want I'd a photo go that's going to live in infamy? There was a photo of you wearing a child's large DK Metcalf jersey. Yeah, but who doesn't like DK saved... Metcalf? That does not know, bother me at all. That, that shit is saved on my phone. I will be bringing that out at your funeral. <laughs> no, nah, but I like DK said... Metcalf. You don't like Tom <laughs> Brady, and you don't like... Uh... Yeah, you true. don't like the yeah, Patriots, so this is which this makes is it I'm worse, saying. you know. But this is this is what happens when you write checks that your ass can't cash. Sometimes you got to pay the iron price. This is what's happening. So to be fair, I did fine. try to save you some embarrassment by saying let's let's skip week eighteen, and you're like, no, 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 let's do it. Well, I mean, you would have only won by two at that point. You know what I mean? Like it, only two versus a, f- a touchdown. <laughs> you you play to win overtime. the game, Tim. You play to win the game, Tim, and then you, yeah, you. you if, if you can't win the game, do you tie and go to overtime? So let's get into these picks here. I'm yeah, not even so. worried about it. I'm not even worried about it. All right, let's, let's gonna go through ama- some of these You're going to look amazing. It's going to bring out the blue in your eyes. Can't yes, wait. I know. I'm completely aware. All right. Kansas City, Denver. <laughs> amazing. Uh, all right. So this one was closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, if it wasn't for a late fumble by Melvin Gordon, Denver might have actually pulled it out, but it, it is what it is. This Mahomes, he was in for a lot of it. Most of it, actually. They had some second stringers for both Kansas City. Drew Locke started on Denver's side. Uh, he wasn't it. He only completed 12 passes, so yikes. Big yikes. Um, not not their greatest outing. It was a little closer than I was expecting, but at this point in the season... Uh, you know, a lot of these teams have already clinched it. This is one of those strange years where there were very few games that came down to win or loss to get in. So it was kind of stupid for us to, to, like, in my opinion, we should have thrown the picks out the window. We shouldn't have even bothered because a lot of these are going to be throwaway conversations anyway because it wasn't starter versus starter in a lot of these cases. Some teams tried to play spoiler, screw up some seating. Some of them had to play in. Some of them had to play for ties or better. So... Some of those we'll dive into, but I'm going to skip through a lot of these because it was, you know, garbage time, in my opinion. But uh, this was one of those that Denver ultimately, uh, you know, put up a better fight than I think most folks originally anticipated. But again, yeah. second straighter, Drew Locke, not it, fam. Not it. Mm. Do you recognize the score in this game, 28-24? You ever seen that score before? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I have. Maybe in like a fucking Super Bowl. I know. This is uh, back to my point. Uh, mm. You know. Sam, next time we make one of these bets, defer to me and I'll help you dish out my punishment. And we'll take it from there. Because I can punish myself, I think, better than you could punish me. <laughs> this this is the antithesis of you saying, listen, child, you see those reeds over there? Go pick the one I'm going to whip you with. You know what I mean? It's just, that's really bad, Tim. That's you, that, that's a little bit, it's, it's not gaslighting, but it's close. All right, yeah. moving on. 
Dallas Philly, 51-26. Man, I get it. The second stringers are in for the Eagles. But you know what? That don't matter to the Dallas fucking Cowboys. Did it matter that the Dallas Cowboys already made the playoffs? And so did the Eagles? No. The Dallas Cowboys gave zero shits about that. Why? Because their division opponent was playing them in week 18. And hanging 50 on a divisional opponent one week before the playoffs starts is the biggest amount of chest thumping. Roar like a wild animal and dare your <laughs> opponent to come back and try that shit again on America's team. And you can do. Easy, Sam. Easy. Getting all fired up over that was, there. That was that was a one. That was my that was my one quick thing. That was like really three run on sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam wrote books for all of these games, by the way. Esteemed author, Sam Smith. Get he, like, he likes to switch it up like mid mid, you know, week to week, actually. I say midweek, but week to week, where I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's just pick a couple, we'll go over them, it'll be great. Bam, we'll get through this thing. And then he wrote, writes a journal entry for either one. Um, which is going to be posted on our on our website for our esteemed writing. It's, we don't have a website. It's not. Uh, yeah, we do have a website. We just we haven't started putting articles up yet. I'm I'm just I'm 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 doing what I got to do behind the scenes, Tim. Right. Don't knock the hustle. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Uh, all right. I said it last week when we were talking picks that I didn't trust Green Bay. Said it, and I kind of got the whoa. You're gonna do what? And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to pick Green Bay. But still, I don't trust them. They've won some really close games. And hey, look at this. They lost to the Detroit Lions. But granted, Rodgers was only in for about half the game. Most of the starters were only in for for a short time anyway. So again, another game that doesn't need a lot of breakdown. It was second strings versus second strings. But you would hope the backups would at least be able to beat the Lions starters or at least the Lions backups because the Lions are just terrible. But the big takeaway from this game is that the Lions have probably one of the best names on their roster and a gentleman by the name of Jack Fox. And that is a movie star name if I've ever <laughs> heard it. Terrible quarterback went 0 for 1 uh, because he's a punter, not a quarterback. Uh, but Jack Fox, what a name. I mean, that's you might just have to change your... That's the name of this podcast, the one with Jack Fox. <laughs> the one with Jack Fox. All right, let's get into this Indy Jacksonville pick here. I, I picked Indy because, come on, it's Indy. They got to play and get in. You got all the fucking hard knocks in-season hype. I figured this out, Tim. Oof is right. I figured this out, though, right? Mm -hmm. If your team is on hard knocks preseason and that season is entertaining, your fucking season will be garbage. It'll be ass. On the yeah. flip side, if your Hard Knocks preseason is lame. You're a great team in season. Exhibit A, Dallas Cowboys. Exhibit B, Indianapolis Colts. Now, all the Colts had to do was win and get in. That's it. This is a division team. And yet, they let the Jacksonville Jaguars, the 2-14 and 14 Jacksonville Jaguars, with a number one overall pick last year, look like the number one overall pick and scoot them right out of the playoffs. Yeah. Unbelievable. That one Unbelievable. Was, that one was interesting because I'm almost wondering if you're – if if you're starting to see the late blooming of uh, Trevor Lawrence, not that he was a great quarterback by any means, but he definitely yeah, was. Yeah, but if you get better as the season goes on. He's he's he put together some, I mean, in my opinion, some pretty decent games, or at least some some semi decent performances. But he went up against the team that I have been saying all season. I thought was one of the more underrated teams and the team we we just weren't talking enough about, and. He knocked him out of the playoffs, which is, you know, pretty impressive. He outperformed Carson Wentz, who had a 
a mediocre day. He was held to under 200 yards. But Trevor Lawrence, 23-32 with 223 yards. He had two touchdowns. So had some run support, but most of what he did was literally him getting the ball you know, and making some some decent decisions. Didn't have a turnover the entire game. So I hope I hope he's able to kind of ride this momentum in to next season because I, I worry a little bit about uh, some of these quarterbacks that don't get a developmental cycle to, like, watch and learn. They're just thrust in and they don't have any success. Start to, you know, question and, and, and wonder, you know, what did we make the right decision? And then they end up in the same, like, boat as Tim Tebow where – was he good? Was he mediocre? Did he get enough development? Did he have enough coaching? All that kind of stuff, because it's a very different game. We're going to get into uh, a game in a little bit here where we're going to see what happens when you thrust a, a quarterback who has no experience or not enough experience into into a couple games. And uh, I feel like that's kind of what's happening, and they end up getting a bad rap because of poor coaching and, and not enough uh, not enough protection yeah. and not enough development before they're given the, the keys to the kingdom. The wildest fucking thing. Carson Wentz trade. Oh, mm. if he plays more than 75% of staffs, we'll give you a second rounder. But it'll actually be a first rounder. Okay. Bro, you really left a team that made the playoffs that you didn't? You really, really had your previous team give up a second rounder that's now a first rounder? And they fleece you. Nothing like this season is making any Colts fans. And I know some Colts fans listen to this podcast. They're, they're all saying the same thing. Two phrases. Either they're old and curmudgeon and saying, oh, I remember the sheriff. The sheriff would have let this shit happen. <laughs> or, uh, you know, I remember, I remember the Andrew Luck days. And then the other people are saying, what the fuck, man? We marched in like lions and now we're going out like lambs. That's the, that's the, that's the hardest part for me for the Colts. I won't, I won't dwell on it for, for too much longer. They had a, a good season. Like, did they come yeah. up short? They came up short, yeah. But they were 9-6. and six, But they were like a few field goals away from being... Uh, like twelve and like twelve and four. five or twelve and mm-hmm. four, and like they they had a lot of opportunities and they were in close games with some really good teams. They just you know came up a little bit short, and I think everybody kind of wrote them off uh, at the beginning of the season. And then not enough people were. I I still don't think enough people were talking about him. Carson Wentz found a way to stay healthy. He found a way to uh, put a lot of good games together. They had two overtime losses, so like that immediately could flip them and they're not even playing for a playoff spot. They're in the playoffs. Uh, you're sitting at, you know, 11 and 11 and six. You have a better record than a lot of the, the teams in the NFL. So I think people are a little too down on the Colts. Now, after the fact, everyone is like pissed when you don't make it to the playoffs. And obviously you went out 26 to 11, but like looking back through their, their, to the Last, Jags. Yeah, well, look. 26 to 11. You scored 11 points against the Jags. The Jags are bound <laughs> to win a couple games, though. That's that's the problem. Like, they they were bound yeah. to string some together and make some change. But if we look through the last few losses, other than this one, they lost by three to the Raiders. So, you were a field goal away from, from tying that one. They lost by uh, seven points to the Bucks. So, you were down a touchdown against the Buccaneers, who, you know... At different parts of the season, we thought immediate Super Bowl contender. There's still a lot of Vegas money on a on a Buccaneers repeat. So, and after that, the loss before that was an o- overtime loss. The loss before that was an overtime loss. And then you know you had the beginning of the season where they lost a couple games, but 
they didn't have a single blowout in any one of their games. So, like, if you're a Colts fan, there's a lot of promise that came out of this that you build on going into next season and making sure your players are healthy. That's all I'm saying. Don't be douchebags, Colts fans. You, you got a good team who barely missed it. Barely missed it. So, anyway, and rant. Why don't you give us a quick uh, non-11 minute rant about uh, Joe Judge's New York Giants against the Washington mm, football team? You mean the former Joe Judge's Giants team? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna touch on this a little bit, but we'll we'll do a brief rundown of like coaches that have been sent uh, packing because some of them are pretty surprising. But not much to say about this one uh, other than Jake Fromm, who was in at quarterback for Daniel Jones. Uh, He's the third string quarterback because Glennon is also injured, who had a terrible performance himself. But he followed up his uh, stellar week 16 performance uh, by notching up six receptions and 17 attempts in that game for. Hold on, let me check the numbers. Yeah, 25 yards and an interception. Uh, this game, week 18, <clears throat> he went 15 for 31. It did have 103 yards, except, yeah, two two interceptions. So he followed up his, like, 15 rating with a 40 rating. So not great, Sam. Not great. <clears throat> this is what happens when you get, uh, like, thrust into the spotlight uh, without any sort of preparation or any sort of uh, understanding of, of what your team's potential is because you just stood on the sideline with uh, a clipboard. So... 100%. Yep. Not great, fam. Uh, also not great. Listen, Chicago, Minnesota. Minnesota wins 31-17. The only thing you need to know about this is imagine winning a game and after your coach and GM get fired. Read that back and realize this game was over with the Patrick Peterson pick six at five minutes to go in the game with prodigious talent and Justin Jefferson. You go nine and eight and your coach and your GM get fired. You go second in the division, and you get fired. Wild. Speaking of wild, uh, <clears throat> the Houston Titans matchup was also a wild one. Uh, you didn't think trap the, game. I think that the Titans were in no matter what, so not really a trap game. They would have lost home home field advantage had the, had the Titans lost yeah that's no. true so texans uh are obviously a team struggling to kind of find their footing and, and understand what their what their identity is right there there's talk that their head coach is going to be given his uh you know pink slips at the end of this season uh but this particular game was uh, a little bit of a surprise where you had a, a shootout uh both teams kept their starters in the entire game and this one ended up coming down to the wire um, Tannehill, phenomenal game, 23 to 32, 287 yards, had four touchdowns, had like 130, 637, uh, rating in the game. But Davis Mills was a big surprise in 23 to 33, 301 yards, three touchdowns. Um, neither guy turned the ball over. It was a pretty clean game overall, but I gotta say in the absence of, uh, not, oh my god, I almost said uh, Richard Sherman, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Derek Henry. This this team has continued to find ways to win meaningful games, and it has been 
week after week a, a surprise by me because I know I picked against him. I picked against him early when he went out, and I didn't know what to do. But, um, man, I'm, like, at this point, Derrick Henry primed to come back heading into the playoffs. This this could potentially be a pretty scary team. They finished 12-5, and five, which is better a better record than, uh, I think, maybe the Packers have a, a better team. record. Yeah, they're 13-4. and four. Yeah, but, dude, like, this has to be one of the biggest surprises. I think it has to make Vrabel probably coach of the year, given uh, what he's been able to do with the beat-up team that he's had, missing literally the best running back in the entire league, which was your identity, and still going out to find ways to meet to, to win meaningful games and to play yourself into a great playoff position. Uh, for me, I think he's coach of the year. If he goes deep into the playoffs and like you know flirts with with the whole thing, I mean that's a shoe in, but it's a pretty remarkable thing he's done without you know the arguably best running back we've seen in quite a long time. Titan Super Bowl would be absolutely bananas, but not as mm-hmm. bananas as me getting this damn Pittsburgh Baltimore pick wrong. Listen, Terrell <laughs> Suggs came out of the tunnel looking like Bane from the Dark Knight and committed about three Army uniform violations. I don't know what was going on there. But that didn't matter because the only thing you need to know for about this game is that Big Ben said, nah, my last game, I'm winning. I'm winning this shit. I'm probably not making the playoffs. I'm winning this shit. And that's exactly what he did. Now, he has some help in the defense and the, and the running game. Uh, TJ Watt tied the single season sack record at 22 and a half. So he coach owns that record with Michael Strahan. And to be honest, he should have the outright record because they, the, the official answer for why he didn't get another full sack when he had Huntley in the grasp was bullshit at best. And, you know, the Steelers have asked the league to review it. They probably won't give it to him because of spite, but who knows? Najee Harris, not big in this game. Ben played like he should have been playing for the Steelers faithful last week. 30 out of 44, 244 yards, a touchdown, a pick, 81 QBR. Tyler Huntley, as you predicted a few weeks back, Tim, got figured out. 16 for 31, 140 yards, zero TDs, two picks, a 37 QBR. I just love the fact that the Ravens had to eat a 260-pound slice of humble pie called Ben. And, (laughs) you know, he didn't know what was going to happen later on in the game or later on in the day with the games. So he probably played that game as if it was his last. But spoiler alert, you didn't see his last game. And that, to be honest, is just a delicious bit of irony. Dad, why, why are you burying the lead? Talking point for later. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I know. I know. It's like your first time doing No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So Cleveland, Cincinnati, another game that not a not a ton to, to to break down here. Browns obviously not in the playoff picture. Cincinnati is to the point where they uh sat their QB uh shortly after recording this podcast, uh where we selected our picks and I had chosen the Bengals in this scenario, and then uh Roaring Jory Burrow, as uh, Sam didn't, likes to call play. didn't touch the ball <laughs> once, but neither did Baker Mayfield. And I was like, all right, cool, we got this. Except uh, we've all heard of Case Keenum, but not a lot of us uh, have seen a lot of film from Brandon Allen. Uh, and that's who they trotted out uh, for the game and didn't do terrible. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over. So that's a plus, uh, but not, uh, not, not the best. He only had 15 completions on the day at 136 yards in total in one touchdown so uh this one was just a bad pick another garbage time 
selection, Baker Mayfield. I'm glad they didn't trot him out. That dude uh, is getting a little bit of a bad rap this season. Has he played amazingly well? No, but dude has like 20 injuries that he's been playing through. So there's something to be said about the drive and the motivation to get out there every single week and give your team a chance to win uh, that I think is kind of getting lost a little bit on some of his performance. Like the man has a injured off shoulder. So not his throwing shoulder, but the other shoulder. But anybody who has had an upper body injury in a sport where you have to throw something or swing something, it is painful. Like you need your front shoulder to, you like, for anybody who has yeah, so anybody, yeah, so anybody who doesn't know how to throw a football, you basically bring your front arm up and you use your either your elbow or your arm to kind of point where you're going to throw it to help stabilize, give you some momentum, and you kind of pivot on that point. And if your shoulder hurts, it kind of throws your whole thing off. And, you know, his arm angle was down. He's a short guy anyway, so teams were coaching themselves on like how to block a lot of these throws at the line and, and they were very effective like anybody who watched the last few games could see that clearly something wasn't quite right uh i don't think i'm i i hope they're not ready to just move on him and, and and sort of send him off to obscurity because i don't i don't think he did a terrible job given what he had i know the obj thing was a big point of drama in the season but you know OBJ moved on, and he's still not putting up big numbers. So what are you going to do with one of what we thought at the beginning of the season was a premier quarterback? Um, so this game, of no value to me whatsoever. Cincinnati was already in. This win wasn't going to really change anything for them. So um, terrible pick by me only because uh, I couldn't tell the future, and I didn't know Joey Burrow was going to get sat. So I knew Baker yeah. was happens i know i knew baker was which would have been an easy win uh but i didn't know since he was so damn it christmas gift that keeps on giving all right four o'clock games now san francisco la i picked la rams give it up for greg long time san francisco 49ers fan chris davis long time san francisco 49ers fan davin brooks long time san francisco 49ers fan i don't know anyone else is a 49ers fan but i know those three they never shut the fuck up about the goddamn 49ers and the only thing I had to hold over their head is that Seattle beat this team twice this year. Thank God. Thank God. Because they can't beat the Rams. And that yeah. somehow the 49ers beat the Rams. Look, do you know the craziest thing about this? 78% of the money Vegas received for this game went on the Rams. And they mm. lost. <laughs> Survey yeah. says 78% of those people are fucking heated about losing to a chip thumb, pretty good looking quarterback with a fleet of Tasmanian devils at his disposal. Oh, George Kittle. You heard of him? We're going to take him out of the game. Oh, sweet. Have you heard of this guy named Debo Samuel? No? Cool. Let's just go ahead and waste you with Debo Samuel. He can receive a touchdown. He can toss a touchdown. He can do a jet sweep out of the backfield for 20 yards. Like Raheem Morris, you really didn't, you didn't, you didn't have anything for that. You have the Monstars on defense. You get two picks, three sacks, and your quarterback throws three touchdowns, and you can't win this game? Come on, man. In the immortal words, of Sir Michael Caine in The Dark Knight. You were supposed to be the best of us. And you weren't, 49ers. Kick that ass. Doesn't matter that Cooper Cup is the best in dynasty, in fantasy, in probably real-life football. He just catches everything that's thrown to him. The 49ers defense beat a team that was a division winner. Oh, put on those caps. Oh, you won the NFC West Rams? Cool. 
we just we just skull drug you. See you again in two weeks. <laughs> feel good about that one too. You can always I mean, tell. You can always tell when Sam feels feels great about his notes because he finishes like a fucking nailed it. <laughs> speaking, speaking of which, I see you got some show notes in this game, so I'm going to do you the favor. I'm going to defer to you for the Tampa Bay Carolina game. Um, just know, folks, I got this one right. Sam, take it away. Go ahead. I'm going to I'm going to give Listen, you the platform. I I I totally forgot that was your pick no. because we went back to back picks later on. But uh, uh, this is the thing. I listened to that whole full send podcast where Antonio Brown went out and said all that fucking memeable shit about whatever was going on in his life and how Tom Brady's not his boy and how he's playing on a prove a deal, but Gronkowski's making all this money and uh, I was hurt and, and blah, 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 all this stuff. Nope. You know, in the beginning, I sort of believed it a little bit. I was like, maybe they did cut him. Maybe they didn't want to go back in the game. Maybe he wasn't injured, but the way that this guy continues to talk trash just yep. makes me just think they'll go on podcasts and say, Tom Brady, isn't your boy and that you weren't doing anything but playing for measly money. Because if you do, he will go out and pepper the person that you slander on that podcast with a million targets and get that dude a million dollars while you're not making anything that weekend. Yep. You can't, as much as I may not like Tom Brady, Tom Brady is the ultimate team player in the fact that last season he got whomever he needed to get those receptions at the detriment of the organization. I love when a quarterback does that. When a quarterback says, oh, Tim, you need 10 receptions to make fifty, you know, $55,000? Well, I make $15 million a year, but you make age 70000 So, yeah, you know what? You're getting the game plan. I'm throwing you the first 10 times, and I hope you catch all 10. And you and you see these quarterbacks get these players' money. Antonio wanted $2 million of the of the money for incentives moved forward. The Bucs didn't move. And all of a sudden, he throws up this tantrum. Then he has the yeah. fucking gall to bring in Brady and Gronk. Gronk, a guy who was on his fourth cat life. And his body is going to be completely <laughs> ruined for the rest of the time. And he's just saying, nah, you know what? I, I think it'll come out of the game. And then he says to Tom on the sideline, and this NFL clip was brilliant, by the way. He's like, oh, I need one more catch. And then there's an assistant coach who's like, uh, Tom, um, coach says you have to. And Tom Brady goes, no, I got this. And Tom Brady goes back out there, promptly throws the pass to Gronkowski. Gronkowski gets 11 yards, and Gronkowski and a defensive player on the sideline are celebrating that Gronkowski just got a million dollars. And Gronk, this is beautiful. He says, we're going out tonight and I'm buying drinks. That is fucking <laughs> amazing. Antonio Brown, yeah. all you had to do was shut your pie trap and just do the same thing. I don't yeah. get it. But the best thing about this game was that assistant coach who had the nuts to walk up to Tom Brady and say, uh, excuse me, coach says, and Tom Brady goes, Tom Brady, don't give a fuck what coach <laughs> says. Episode 11 of Man in the Arena. It's going to happen, I'm telling you. Dude, Tom, <laughs> I, I, I th I'm pretty sure those are already all recorded. That's too bad because that would have been fucking fantastic. But uh, Tom Brady launched his own uh, clothing brand today, by the way. He I did. Know I, 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 you know, I looked at a couple of the shirts. I thought to myself, he's going to look half bad. There's not a hideous TB12 logo on him, so I can't so, really. Uh, but before we move on to the next game, I got to ask because I asked this of everybody. There's no possible way you actually hate Tom no, Brady or dislike no, no, no. Tom Brady. It's a sports it's, hate. Okay. I was going to make sure because I feel like we've he's been accused a lot. And this isn't me like biting on Tom Brady. This is generally like me paying attention to, you know, all teams. Like I, I like the Patriots, but not all of my favorite players are, are Patriots players. And 
where I work and what I do and the things you know I have to take in every day. I've I've started following players necessarily more than I have teams, right? I still have I, New England has a soft spot for me because my dad and I that was what we watched growing up all the time. But in terms of uh, like, I, I'm finding myself now rooting for players more than I do teams. Like I'll always root for the Patriots, but and I have players around the league that I tend to root for, right? Some of that's fantasy and whatnot, but. Tom Brady tends to get this weird label stuck to him of like arrogance and like he's a jerk and all these things. But I got to be honest, I've never actually seen it. And now that he's gone on to Tampa and you don't have the like win at all costs and like team mentality that you get in New England, it's kind of been able to sort of flex a little bit more than you're actually starting to see that a little bit in new england so i wonder if it was a little eye-opening for belichick to be like all right maybe i take the reins off a little bit here but in -hmm. terms of like Mm -hmm. brady as a human being i would love to go around and ask some folks other than the fact that he beat your team he's won six super bowls like what is it that people like what is it sorry no seven come on come on i don't even like the guy from a sports perspective and even i fucking know that no 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 that was that, that excuse, is, me, excuse me, sir. Do you know why I pulled you over? Yeah, you were speeding in the fan zone. You were just doing some bullshit. Yeah, License yeah. and registration yeah, 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 for yeah, Patriots, yeah. please. I got, I got ahead of myself. Uh, anyway, because he's won seven Super Bowls. Um, but it's, it's the, it's, it's the idea that there. I feel like if you're hating him, you're hating him for the success, or you've bought into whatever the the. Patriots cheat mentality is in whatever. So, like, I'm asking you, as a Seattle fan who has lost to Tom Brady, do you actually hate the guy, or is it because he's beaten you in a Super Bowl and he's, like, a perennial contender? Is that something that you dislike, or do you just dislike the man as a whole? Real no, I think, I, think it, I think it's part of the, the whole aura of, um, of Patriots, right? You know, I just think it's, like, uh, not growing up on that, on that bandwagon uh, being on it for a brief amount of time, then be like, no, 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 I'm going straight for for the Seahawks, and then losing the way they did. I mean, there are so many things about that Super Bowl. It's crazy, like injuries, the freak injuries that happened, and then the fact that Seattle gave up 14 point lead and and pretty much you know went with a, a play call that they didn't need to. Because they still could have won that Super Bowl. Like for me, the the Tom Brady thing falls squarely along the lines of. The Seth Wickersham book, It's Better to Be Feared. And in that book, it's sort of like in the beginning, he wasn't the villain. And then there was a part in his career where he was because it was what everyone was doing. And I might as well use it as spite against me. But now, at his at this point in his life, he's just living his best life. He's in Florida. He's winning football games. And everyone is just yeah. like, Yeah, he's he's kind of a hard ass, but like we need that because there's there's a dearth of those people in the world. And I just realized that when coaches like Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are now being friendly coaches, oh shit, maybe villain was just the 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 role that Tom played. And then the only thing I can really say is, from from a true perspective, I just I'm just fucking tired of seeing you in the Super Bowl. I just <laughs> I, 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 and I listen, listen, man, I I can totally like I I understand that. I, and I can make roll with stupid that. bullshit picks, and they never come true. Because Tom always wins a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, man. I like I I can I can totally lean into that. And I and I think a lot of it is just sort of like being over seeing that like constantly. You know what I mean? So that was that was just a general question. I feel like he would never and you see it in the man in the arena. 
he never played the villain. He was made the villain and sort of took a team first mentality and people then kind of labeled him because he he's like, listen, you guys are all talking shit about our team and you're accusing us of stuff that I don't necessarily agree with. So it, I'm, I'm going to shut it off because I'm team first and we're going to go out. But anyway. Anyway, long, uh, long, long, long to long. do about nothing. That was just more of a, uh, of a question in, in, in terms of, you know, what I thought for you. But anyway, let's move on to Seattle and Arizona. I know you said you were going to talk Ooh. about them. I said, I'm I know. I'm, 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 I'm offering you the floor for a moment. If you want to give us your final thoughts on the Seattle year. Have you seen that meme of that seagull who throws his head back when it's about to go? <gasps> and then just like cause that's what's about yeah. to happen. Uh, I'll make it as quick as possible. Listen, there are so many things that happen. And I said I was going to do this, but fuck it. I make the rules anyways. <laughs> so I'm going to break up. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson's finger exploded and he was out for eight weeks. And he said, nah, fuck down, come back in four. He put a succession themed uh, Instagram video. It was crazy. It was hype. Everyone was behind it. It didn't really work. but thumped a couple of teams and then absolutely destroyed an Arizona team in the place that has ended not one, not two, but three Seahawks careers. And in a season that they exercised some demons in a stadium, they lost the fucking Super Bowl in. I'm about it. I said a couple weeks ago, I don't think that any of the changes are happening. And I think that's what it is. I think this year is the, is the go for broke year. And it took so long for them to get in groove. But when they did decay is burning people. Rashad Penny, who's been off injured, is now over the last six weeks averaging seven yards in attempt or something insane like that. Like this was the Seattle Seahawks team that everyone in that building believed they were, and that all Seahawks fans sort of loosely believed they could be, but no one else in the media bought into. If this season was twenty games, who knows where we'd be? You know, going towards the you know the playoffs with Seattle, but I just think. Oh, did you just say I, if it was twenty future, games? Like sixteen wasn't enough. <laughs> I know, right? Well, you know, because you know, there was more, a, more than this. Like. <laughs> more, more. Give me more games. Uh, I, I'm just really, really happy for the way that the team stuck together and uh, a gruesome injury again in this game with uh, Quandre Diggs. So, so get well soon, Diggs. That field just takes more lives than Landover Field does. Um, so, I think we need to take a look at that. But uh, other than that, fantastic. I love seeing the frustration and the look of despair on the, the Cardinals players when they realized they were not going to win the NFC West. And then the Rams lost as well. And it didn't matter. And I was like, yes, let's go. Super yeah. fucking happy about that. The season was an abject disaster in the middle, but I am very happy with the way it ended. I do think that Jody Allen, sister of the late, great Paul Allen, is probably going to say something to the, the tune of, you guys have been making your own personal decisions for a long time. Look, I'm going to have some input on that. and. uh I think we need to go and win the Super Bowl in the next couple of years, or I might, I might blow everything up. And I think that is what's going to get people. Shane Waldron finally bringing whatever his scheme was that the team couldn't understand how to implement for most of the season. Beautiful. Just fucking beautiful. When Rashad Penny rips off a 23-yard run, and then Russ floats 30-yard bombs, Ty Lockett's catching everything, <laughs> the tight ends are going off. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Chef's kiss. Uh. I think they potentially have a year unless Russ doesn't come back. 
That's the thing. Like, there's a solid chance that teams yeah. are going to come courting him, and while he might stand in front of the media and be like, "No, I'm not going anywhere. This is, there's no change." And money talks, uh, success talks. And if we look back at the amount of success they've had in Russ's career, there, it's all fine and well. But uh, it'd be like you, you know, meeting all of your work achievements every year, and never getting a bonus because you had that one shot. At the at the big promotion and you you you, you didn't you didn't get it because you threw a pick on the goal line. Sorry, uh, Tim, Tim. What what would you do if you had one shot, one chance, one opportunity? Would you capture? It? Hey guys, do you guys would you cringe as much as I do when this happens? Because <laughs> I on, feel these, these are prime lines. These are classic I feel like the lines, collective Tim. like. Because <laughs> Sam, right. mind let's, you, let's, Sam does not have a child, so dad jokes. It's it's a strange thing. Uh, drives my wife nuts too that I that I do it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. This is this is Sam's up again, but I'm just gonna throw it out there just to 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 give my recap on it. Um, you should. New England, Miami. I legitimately said this same thing last week, where Miami or not 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 last week. I've said it literally for the last uh, two years of this podcast that uh, New England tends to play tough against Miami. It's not Tua. It's not an, any anybody on that team. It's for whatever reason they play multiple times in a year, and that seems to weigh heavily on New England, right? New England's in the playoffs. It wasn't like a major deal if we won this game or we didn't win this game. Uh, but they went into this game, and you know, you kind of expected them to have a good game plan. Mac Jones didn't play horribly. He made some poor decisions. He had a he had a tipped ball and turned into an interception. He had a a fumble for a loss. So like you know, I think we lose sight because of the amount of success he has had this season that he is a rookie. But you have to remember he is in the same class as other rookies who are currently playing in this league that started this year, a la Trevor Lawrence. It's a night and day difference between the two players and the success that he's had. Teams, I think, are just, especially the Dolphins, who come up and they play New England so often, they see and recognize and understand what it is that they're going to see, and I think they just game plan pretty well. I don't necessarily think this was on Mac Jones. He had 20 completions. He had 261 yards. So not a, not a terrible game for him. Our defense is a phenomenal defense, but every now and again they just show these little signs where, like, Seems like every game as of late, a team has figured out like one thing that they can't stop and they just lean on it. And in this case, it was Duke Johnson. That dude was just feed him the ball. And, you know, he, he, he literally carried the ball 25 times and 117 yards. And they like could not stop him from progressing the ball. And you kind of watched it in real time. There was some, this was one of the worst officiated games I've seen in a long time. There were some really bad calls on both sides of the ball. Both sides. Yep. But uh, I I made a I made a post this week because I was I was genuinely pissed. The slide rule in the NFL it it was a it was a situation as a as a quarterback. Um. But the slide rule is one of the dumbest rules currently in the NFL because you have a mixed bag of pocket passers and running quarterbacks. Pocket passers are going to go out and they're going to slide 100% of the time. 
running quarterbacks can go out and they'll slide some of the time, but then they'll run a lot of the time. Look at look at what we all saw the viral video of a few weeks ago with the trick, quote unquote trick that happened with the quarterback. Oh yeah, from Pitt. Yeah, where he like looked like he was gonna slide, so everybody held up, and then boom, he, he just kind of keeps going. Everyone was like, oh, oh yeah, look at him go. It's like. What the fuck are you supposed to do as a defender if you're going to go up and touch a quarterback and you don't know if he's going to go down or he's not going to go down or if, you know, if they go forward instead of leg first, like they're, you can, you can make contact with them. So in this game, there was a stop that if they had made the game, it would have changed the dynamic of how the game played out. It, ex- it ended up extending not only the play, but gave him an extra 15 yards and, and whatnot where, um, as two was coming around, you know, the defenders are on him and they're going up and two is a mobile quarterback. He runs into his slides and does the defender make contact with him? But it's literally like a shoulder brushing a shoulder. It wasn't like he threw himself into the back or he led with the crown of his helmet. Like you had to see it in replay in slow motion to see that he made contact with him and they called it roughing the passer or, or, or what, what was it uh, unnecessary roughness or whatever they gave him first down in 15 yards it was such i mean in in a game of bad calls all around that was a terrible terrible call and it makes you kind of realize that i get protecting the quarterback because the le- the game is just a faster game than it's ever been but Jesus Christ, like how that like it's too much. You either need to commit as a runner and be treated as a runner, or you're not allowed to run. Like as soon as you're within a five yard vicinity of a of a defender, you're down. Like I don't I don't know what the answer is, but you can't do this like slide not slide because you're asking defenders who are like if I'm five yards away from you, I've I've already initiated the tackling process. Going down if I'm tackling with proper form, I'm going down, I'm, I'm extending my arms, I'm going for the wrap-up, and I'm going to tackle you. But now you're asking them, because it's a mobile quarterback, to be in the middle of that process and then make a judgment call as to whether or not you're sliding or not. And if you go leg first, I have to then, like, duck and barrel roll out of that situation because if I make any contact with you, it's a penalty. Yeah, so... Yeah. Tough game. Miami, you know... Has a a winning record against New England under Flores, but it, it's I, in my opinion, I think that's sort of what's to be did. expected. Did, did have a winning record? Did. Imagine did. being a coach who went in and beat the New England Patriots uh, twice in and the season fired. and then, yeah, then got fired. But in any event, New England, Miami, always a questionable game. I don't bet much, but I would never bet on one of those games ever in my entire life. But uh, mixed bag game. I'll, I'll take with it uh, some of the benefits, but overall, poor officiating, in my opinion. That's that's the big takeaway from this one. I, I do, I just, I do agree with you on that. There's been a couple of games this year where it's like I thought we had full time refs and things were supposed to be a little bit better, but uh, that was not the case. All right, New Orleans versus Atlanta. I thought maybe the Atlanta Falcons would pull this out, but they did not. They got thumped thirty to twenty. Yahoo Sports shows that Saints had no less than a 65% chance of winning this game at any time from onset. 65%. And it only went up at multiple times from there. So, uh, Falcons. 
Get fucking Matt Ryan some weapons, please. Fiend. <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to see the show notes here with my, you know, without my, my glasses here, but it looks like... <laughs> Is that a green check yeah. mark next to this one? It is, uh, yeah. It's a green check mark, yeah. No, it's another one. Okay, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. the Buffalo Bills versus the Jets. Don't clap yourself on the back. Anyone could have <laughs> made that pick. I could have made that pick. Uh, I know. Uh, I don't <laughs> think anyone would have pre- predicted, <clears throat> except for me, that Zach Wilson was going to have a, a, a rough game. He went 7 for 20. 7. Yeah, you heard me right. 7 completions. On 20 attempts, 87 yards, had a touchdown, also had a fumble, did recover. Uh, not a great outing. I know the man's like 100 years old. Not a great outing. Um, I think anybody who looked at this as any sort of competitive game, nah, this this probably isn't it. I'm, I'm fairly certain that the Jets at this point are just playing for, for draft position. That's the only reason they, they trotted folks out. But, I mean, they did have some of their starters out. They had, uh, I mean... Some of the big name players did have hands on the ball, but uh, again, not much to break down in this one. You had uh, Josh Allen who was in, who had kind of a uh, a toss up game, I would say. Though you would expect him to go in against the Jets and and use this as a get right game or like a game to figure shit out. He had forty five attempts and he only completed twenty four of them. He still finished the day with 240 yards, but you would suspect a guy like that who has shown plenty of flashes in the pan coming in and and making like a statement piece here. You thought this would have been that game, and it's, well, the numbers aren't terrible. It's not exactly what I would have expected. He did, he does have 63 yards on the ground on five runs, so that's that I guess is impressive, but you would have thought that this would have been a, a a wider gap between these two teams. So I don't know. This one was kind of an interesting one. I'm less concerned about the overall outcome of the game itself, in terms of score wise and, and wins. Um, but for me, it's kind of a a little bit of a red flag in terms of of Allen's accuracy and the total like outcome of his individual performance. It was a win. 27-10, in my opinion, it should have been a blowout. Like 27-10 yeah. is not exactly a blowout for me. It's a 17-point game. It's two touchdowns and a field goal. You know, it's not what I was expecting to come out of this. But, um, yeah, yeah, and I know, I know, I know everyone in Buffalo is, is riding high right now because they did it. You know, they, they beat New Eng- a good New England team in terms of their divisional, their divisional race. Uh, but some red flags in this one. Some red flags, for sure. Move on to the final game of this past week 18. I think, honestly, game of the year. Uh, we'll spend a couple minutes talking about this. The Chargers versus the Raiders. This game could have ended in a tie. After the Colts lost to the Jags and after the Steelers beat the Ravens, honestly, if this game ended in a tie, the Steelers don't make the playoffs and the Chargers and the Raiders both do. There was no incentive for them to play an actual fucking game, but they did. And holy shit, did they give us a game. Um, I'm, I'm not mad about the way it ended. I'm really not. Going for the tie while interesting as that could have been would have only served one god, and that's not the football gods. That's the social media gods. All right? Herbert went six for six on fourth down in this game, including a final drive regulation that made him 
look like a, a guy who's been a salty vet playing for years. He shot it 64 times, connected on almost 40 of them for 380 yards. Incomplete pass. Herbert says, fuck it. I'm going to go back out there and throw the exact same route. Just as much zip. I'm doing it again. And I'll throw it right on the money again. Oh, we went three and out. Fuck it. I'll be right back and we'll do it again. And I'll just keep that aggressiveness going. It's almost like if you're a Raiders fan, and we have some Raiders fans that listen to this podcast, your kids are going to hear them talking about this game in perpetuity for the rest of the time. They're like, oh, God, there's dad on the sauce again, talking about that one time the Raiders beat Justin Herbert, 35-32 in OT to end the NFL season. But this was a fantastic game. Neither team's defense seemed to really want to play nice. Carr Herbert was a middleweight fight that actually lived up to its hype. With five seconds remaining, Herbert slinged it like he's never slinged it before, found Mike Williams in the front part of the end zone for a 12-yard strike. And then if you hear the game and you go back and you watch the game, Allegiant Stadium sounds almost deflated. The Raiders tried to win this game in honor of John Madden, and they held their end of the bargain because they ran the ball down the fucking Chargers' throat every time they got a chance. They ran it with complete abandon and disregard for anything resembling courtesy. <laughs> and that's the way that they end up winning the game. There's a, a questionable call to, to, to call timeout in OT when, they're, when the teams are tied up 32-32. And you get the idea that the Raiders were like, yeah, I think we'll accept this tie. And then the Chargers said, no, 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 timeout. We want to get a stop here. And then you get the sense that there's this like cold war on either side of the the field. And the Raiders coach is like, the fuck? I thought we had this gentleman's agreement. Now you're going to call timeout? For what? You think you're getting the ball back? You're not. And then they just said, Hey, what's the what's the play here? It's kneel down. It's kneel down, right? It's special. It's it's the it's the Las Vegas special kneel down. And then Rich Biazza says, This is coach. Fuck them chargers. <laughs> and then and then Derek Carr's like, all right, we'll run the ball here. That's what we're doing. And to be honest, if the Raiders didn't have a great running game, this game could have gone a different way. But it was a wild Sunday night game, and it was a fantastic way to end the season. It was beautiful. Outside of that quizzical timeout, the Raiders mm. actually like kind of said, folks, you need to pay attention to us. And the Chargers will be fine. I love the aggressiveness. You need to have it in a, in a division in which you play against Patrick Mahomes. So I'm sure they will be okay. But just the two of these two teams staring down each other and the Chargers blinking while the Raiders chewed and swallowed a sip, uh, a, like a lit cigar. Like that's the only way I can like, equate this game they did it for just for kicks they ran it down their throat just to go ahead and set up the game-winning field goal what a beautiful way to end that final season hmm i know it uh that was such a back and forth exciting game that it was the perfect sort of recap of what it is but could you imagine being a steelers fan watching that for yes. most of that game so anybody who doesn't know or wasn't paying attention uh the there was there was a lot riding on that game in which uh if it finished in a tie the Steelers would have been escorted in the playoffs and you were like all right that's never going to happen because most games don't end in a tie except the Steelers the Steelers did have a tie 
which is why the they, <laughs> which is why they were on the fence to get in in the first place because it was that close of a running. So if if the if the Las Vegas uh, an LA game finished in a tie, uh, Steelers are in. You know, like then three quarters into this game. And then going into the fourth quarter, it was actually tied. You're a Steelers fan at home. You're like, oh, my God, there's a chance. Oh, my God, there's a chance. And then it went into overtime. One team marched down, kicked the field goal. The other team went down. And you're like, holy shit. It's, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then it didn't. I can't imagine what that would have been like. I, From what I understand, if that had finished in a tie... It would have bankrupted several casinos and several bet sports betting books because I, I'm not even like <laughs> anti Tim Spiracy here. I think that that probably would have happened. No, that's not you know even I mean? it. That is legitimately like what has been discussed. Millions and millions and millions of dollars would have been lost if it turned out on a tie. As soon as that became like part of the conversation, I think a lot of folks were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This 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 might happen." Because uh, you know maybe they're going to come up with like a gentleman's agreement where we'll finish on a on a tie. All three teams were going into the playoffs. No, no, no. <laughs> they literally looked the other man in the eye. I was like, no, no, no. Fuck you and fuck the Steelers. We're in. Peace. Boom. Like a bunch of pirates uh, should. I I would agree. I would agree. Actual yeah. pirates. You know what I mean? I mean the you you gotta think about this. The Raiders are the actual corsairs of the league. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers might have the corsair as like their logo, but like they're the refined corsair. I mean, they have Publix, they have like Starbucks. You know what I mean? Like they're the, they're the people who pirate when it's time to pirate for the cameras. But I feel like the Raiders actually are like we're gonna go underway and pirate. And well, well like, I mean, come ship. on. Like, well, let's I mean? not let's not get too carried away. You're talking about a team from California, <laughs> Las Vegas. Oh yeah, they're they're from they're from California. They're 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 they've moved to Vegas to do a little bit of gambling and maybe flex their risky side. But it's basically <laughs> like a Sunday brunch. That's all that is. But yeah. Anywho, man. All right, we got the playoffs coming, man. Um, we're gonna take a couple weeks off because Sam's got some cool shit coming up. He's going to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. He's doing some mm-hmm. some fun stuff. Um, so we'll probably hop back into this. For maybe one more episode around uh usually after the super bowl we take a little bit of time off to kind of recoup and then we come back and hit another season so um uh, right now we're gonna make a couple picks for this round and then we're gonna toss out our super bowl predictions and when i win sam's gonna have to send me something else so let's go oh, oh <laughs> all right cool listen wait are we putting yeah, a bet on we- it Did we? fuck it why not why not right. i'm i'm three quarters of the bottle through this abraxas let's go all right, done. All right. Uh, wild call round. We got Kansas City Pitt. I'm not even going to waste time on this one. This one's Kansas City. Uh, Pitt's been, like, limping its way through the whole program. Uh, you know, they scooted by uh, because the game didn't end in a tie. Um, but, you know, I don't think Ben is playing at his best game. In a time where the Chiefs have sort of hit their stride in terms of defensive play, uh, Mahomes has been playing pretty well as well. I don't know if the I don't know if the Chiefs have necessarily the tools to make it kind of deep into the playoffs, but I think they're gonna they're gonna play upset for at least a round or two, and this is gonna be one of those upsets. 
Ben's going to get a little, a little early reprieve for his golf game, unfortunately. So, <laughs> and I, I actually don't think this is going to be a pretty game either. I think this one's going to get pretty out of hand. It it could it could especially because Tyreek Hill got like point two fantasy points last week, so you never know because he he might have hurt his ankle in uh, pregame warmups jumping to the moon, as Elon Musk would say. All right, Buff New England for the third time this season in Orchard Park. The real feel temperature is predicted to be five degrees. The actual temperature is going to be like 17 degrees, but there's going to be wind. We already saw the game this season with those temperature conditions. I'm going full Trogdor, burning down the village. New England. New England is going to win this game. Yeah, I think despite the records, I do think New England is generally the better team. Yeah. By a small margin, but I think they're they're definitely better teams. They're not going to be able to run the ball this entire time. And as long as they come up with a good game plan and Jones plays some um, some disciplined football, I think they have a pretty good chance, though. This is one of those I'm not, you know, I'm not entirely sure. And I could see Buffalo, Buffalo taking this one also. But uh, Arizona versus the Rams. This one's kind of an interesting one because... Arizona kind of limped their way into the playoffs. They're 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 banged up. Um, Murray has been the superstar he was in the beginning of the season, or at least in when they were really hitting their stride. <clears throat> so I'm not, you know, obviously we've reached the playoff point, so all these teams are good teams. So any one of these is basically a coin flip. There's other than other than the KC. Pit game, and I'm actually kind of hoping I, I will this one into you know existence in Pittsburgh beats Kansas City just because. Uh, <laughs> but my my gut tells me the Rams are going to find a way to kind of put this one together because I think their defense is performing better right now, and the and the Cardinals are kind of stumbling. Some of its injuries, I think, some of its you know kind of losing sight of of where they were originally. But these teams are so evenly matched in terms of stats throughout the season that it, it is actually a coin toss. So I'm literally, uh, you know, ver- you know, not verbally, but uh, uh, I'm pretending to flip a coin here. But I do think the Rams have a slightly better edge when it comes to their defensive side of the ball. They, they but the margin in points allowed is, is so minimal. It's less than a point between the two games. Uh, so it's just going to come down to a couple plays. And they have generally a better passing game right now than the Rams do. So I mean, then uh, sorry, the Cardinals do. So I think they're going to capitalize on that a little bit, and it'll be a close one. But I do think I do think this one is going to go Rams. Man, let's move on to the actual game of this week. Okay, that's San Francisco Dallas. Uh, it's projected to be the game of the week, and don't tell me anything else. Right? This is this is the '90s coming back. This is the. We're going to make this show again 25 years later after you've all forgotten how great it was. It probably won't live up to our expectations. But this is a beautiful thing. Dallas needs to put a, a 50-burger on the, the 49ers to prove that they just don't do that to bad teams. And San Francisco needs to put on display that they're no fluke either by outlasting the Rams and taking them to OT. This game yep. is also going to go to OT. And I think 34-31 Dallas. Yeah, I can see that. Interesting stat because San Francisco's had quite a bit of success, but they are 13th in the league in points scored per game. 
you know where Dallas mm. falls? Like fourth, probably. First. Oh boy. Well, I mean, mm. <laughs> you gotta you gotta pump those numbers up. Some of those are rookie numbers, right? But, uh, it doesn't point, matter they're against second stringers. Yeah, but in, in this particular case, points per game, they're literally separated by less than a point. So this could be this could mm. be a good matchup. Uh <clears throat> Tampa Bay and Philly. I think uh, Tom might come into this one on a mission, given the last time Tom met Philly. And that could be a potentially scary situation because unlike a lot of the other matchups, this is not a team that matches up well on paper. Like, everything leans Tampa. The problem is Tampa tends to play towards its opposition. I've said that week in and week out. I don't know if it's a Tom Brady trade or it's just something luck wise that tends to follow him also this is a better team this is a team that is better than the colts which are not the colts uh who we were talking about earlier that i said the that green bay had a better was the only team that had a better record well yeah. tampa's the other team uh, this this could be a game where brady could come out and literally put up a statement piece for multiple reasons uh fuck antonio brown like i was here to support you <laughs> And now you're throwing me under the bus. Like he was one of the first ones to come out and be like, he's my friend. I support him. I hope he gets the help that he needs. And then to have Brown go full Brown. He does this every time he leaves the team, burns the team down. Right. It's like that. It's like that, uh, that, that, that will say, I was going to say woman, but there's that individual who tends to accuse the opposite sex of being crazy or whoever their dating pool is, is having issues and whatnot. And then when you get like six people into it and they're, you know, back single again, and they're still talking about how the opposite, you know, or the, their dating pool is crazy. At some point you got to stop and like look internally and say, Are you referring to the bachelor right now? Is that what you're doing? No, because they date 50 people in one shot. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking specifically about the people like we all have those friends guys or girls who date a lot and then end up single all the time and the first thing is like oh well they're you know it's so hard to manage and they're so great you know, blah, blah, blah. after like the eighth failed relationship you gotta start looking internally and being like wait a second am I part of the problem and that's Antonio Brown's <laughs> problem where he's not doing enough of that you have literally burned every bridge on the way out of every team you've ever been a part of, and you have teams that are continuing to give you a chance, yet somehow you continually screw it up. Uh, I think this is one of those things where, like, Tom Brady's had enough. He's just going to go out and be like, I, like you said earlier, I would not be shocked if he targets whoever Brown's replacement is and puts him off for, like, a 200-yard game and, like, four touchdowns yeah. to be like, yep. If you were healthy and on our team, here's where you would be, but you're not because you're an idiot and you can't control yourself because you the probably got hard. You probably got early onset CTE and you actually should seek help. But he actually spoke to both of those things in the full send podcast. He goes, the Buccaneers didn't call me to win the fucking toilet bowl. Then they come say, Antonio, we having problems with the toilet. We need to come over here and help you fix it. They call me to win the fucking Super Bowl. And then someone was like, yeah, well, don't you think like, you know, like CT, like everyone says that hit from Vontez Burford, and he goes, you can't diagnose CT till you're dead. So I don't have CT. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yes. Yes. That would be a, that would be a way to look at that. Yes. That's correct. Yes, but, yes, uh, yes. Let's, let's, let's somehow have a conversation. Way to look at that. I would love to have a conversation with uh, Aaron Hernandez right now about CTE because he was probably in the same boat. It was like, no, no, no. And then he had the most amount of CTE of any player 
currently in existence. And Antonio Brown is exhibiting a lot of that same behavior. But I wouldn't be surprised if this comes out as like a shut up and let us play football style game in which he takes advantage of all of it. But, you know, I say that on one side of my mouth, but the other side of, of me is like they also play down to the level of their opponent. So you never quite know what to expect. This should be a blowout. It should be a revenge game against Philly for Tom. Hopefully that's how that pans out. I'm I'm taking Philly in this one anyway. I mean, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Eject, eject. <laughs> eject, eject. Oh, no, 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 I, eject. Put it, I put it in the show notes. You're fucked. <laughs> I will edit that shit out immediately. I, I looked at the notes real quick to make sure I was uh, on, on, on track. And I saw PHL and I was like, oh, Philly. You know, I'm clearly taking Tampa in this game. Uh, Philly. Bay. All right. Here yeah, we go. Phil, Philly's got some shit to work out, and, and they kind of lucked out getting into to where they are. So, big facts. All Ooh. right. Last Ooh. game. That was close. Of call. This wild, wild card weekend. Las Vegas, Cincy. You already know what I'm going to say, Tim. I've been saying it all fucking year. Hashtag let Joy roar. Hashtag fuck it. Jamar is down there somewhere. <laughs> Oops. I hit Boyd and Higgins instead. <laughs> <laughs> so give it. So let's 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 get into this here. Give me your quick Super Bowl prediction. Uh, I don't know. Going in the last two weeks, it kind of shook it up a little bit. I'm praying to the football gods that we got a Tampa New England showdown, but I don't feel like that's gonna happen. No. I, I don't. Um, I get if I I can't help but shake the feeling that it's either gonna be like Dallas and Green Bay on one side of it. But the other side of the ball is such a toss-up that um, man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I didn't. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. Um. I, <laughs> I'm struggling a little bit because I had confidence about halfway through it that I thought I thought there was going to be a couple teams that were going to really just kind of step it up and and take it over. And the NFC has kind of really been shooken up a little bit. Uh, Green Bay has kind of been in a situation where they're squeaking by a lot of wins that I don't know if they necessarily should be in a position to be. Uh, Planet? So I almost think going into this, New England's going to find a way to figure it out and game plan better. So for me, I think while there's some some tough opposition coming up, I think New England's going to find a way to put it together because they've been they've beaten some very very good teams. To uh, be clear, you think Mac Jones is going to the Super Bowl as a rookie? I think Bill Belichick is taking his team to the Super Bowl. That would be the clear example in this particular case i'm not before you say before before you say is this your official pick because before you decide to go back on i'm putting the fucking bet on right now for one of those little forestry models we should have done this first because i buried the lead yeah you did damn it um ah damn it uh man i'm trying to I don't think it's the Chiefs. The Titans have a good chance. The Bengals, I mean, the, the Steelers have no chance. No chance, in my opinion. Um, I think it the Bengals comes, have not won a playoff game in 
like a lot of a lot of years. So this would be their first one in a lot of years. They, they, I could I can see them potentially squeaking out a playoff game, but it. So in the playoffs, what do we got? We got the Bills, the Patriots, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Titans, and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to bounce early. Derrick Henry coming back might sort of re-energize that team, and they could make a pretty good run at it. Uh, the Steelers, you know, I don't think that's it either. Oh, the Raiders. The Raiders could make a, a sneaky push, but I don't think they quite have it all. So for me, it, it, it definitely comes back down to the Bengals, the Patriots, and the Bills. The Bengals have been streaky enough that you never are quite sure. It's, it's Everyone's got recency bias, and we're all looking at Burroughs in his last few games, being like, oh my god, this guy's a superstar, look at him go. But rewind like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and he's putting up some some relatively mediocre numbers, right? We At, at what point? I mean, there were points during the season where we were like, I was giving you shit for your let Joey Brewer, you know, moniker that you were sort of waving around so i don't have a lot of confidence in that it's a movement i made it i made the movement yeah yeah so for me it's 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 between the bills the patriots and the titans um i just feel like for me i think it comes down to the bills and the patriots and i think whichever one of those two teams wins this weekend might pretty much run the the game it obviously um the difference being the experience the coaching staff has on the New England side when it comes playoff season. Playoffs are a very different animal than the regular season. So the Patriots are a difficult team to kind of game plan against. So the only you know, I'm 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 not confident in this pick, but I'm gonna I am gonna I'm gonna lean in the Patriots and I'm gonna say uh yeah, no, I'm already, I'm already regretting it, but you know what? Fuck it. This isn't homerism. This is basically me going and comparing the, the, the coaching staff of the Patriots and the defense for the Patriots compared to the Bengals. Not a lot of success in the playoffs. The Bills, recent success in the playoffs, but we've already shown that we can game plan against the best that they have to offer. The Titans is the team that scares me the most, to be honest. Um... But I think Henry coming back is kind of gonna. It's gonna make things a little weird, right? They've kind of found a groove, and now you're replacing some of that groove with like a major cog, and it it, it could run the risk of kind of throwing things off a little bit, or they could, you know, run the board and, and finish it off. So I'm gonna say Patriots. Uh, my gut says Green Bay. All right, I'm gonna lock it in. Uh, it's gonna be Cowboys. Okay. All right, it's gonna be Cowboys or Green Bay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm all over the place. It was such so. My only thought process, and I'll make my, I'll, I'll, I'll finalize my pick here, is that this is a strange year where you had like the top, like ten percent of the league, and then everybody else. And that top ten percent could literally flip flop at any given point, right? When you look at when you look at like division leaders, twelve and five, thirteen and four, thirteen and four, twelve and five, twelve and five, twelve and five, ten and seven, eleven and six, right? It's eleven and six kind of jumps out a little bit because it's a little bit, but they were so close. And then the rest of the league was just a disaster. It was a dumpster fire. So now we're getting like 
actual good football teams playing against each other versus like mediocre teams playing against each other. So you don't it's it's literally going to be a toss up for a lot of these, but Green Bay Green Bay is playing well and they have the momentum, but uh I don't trust them. I didn't trust them last week. So I'm going to switch up. I'm going to go New England. Cowboys my final answer. Okay, who do you think is going to win that matchup? Why are you leaning into the into the microphone like you're about to have a heart attack? Because I'm I'm in pain, Sam. I'm in pain. I'm trying to figure you're out. Because you're gonna say the Cowboys. I am. <laughs> I'm thinking about the Cowboys. Oh. Wait, but but uh, it depends on it depends on what defensive team they roll out on either side of the ball, right? Like good Patriots defense is one of the best in the league. Good Cowboys defense is good. Not maybe not best in the league, but the Cowboys' offense is clearly the best in the league. So, it, it pains me. I mean, it, it actually, at the end of this, it doesn't really matter because we're literally, we're not even watched. We're not even going to talk about the playoff games leading up to our Super Bowl prediction, which is what we should do. So, fuck it. Uh, I'm going to say Cowboys, Patriots, and I think the Cowboys win. Ugh, Dan. Dan, it kills me. Oh. And if you, if you ever <laughs> listen to this, Dan, and... Uh, <laughs> God. 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 Oh, it's so it's so great. Because I had the Cowboys losing to the Packers in, in the NFC championship game. And I have the Packers going to the Super Bowl and winning against the Chiefs because um listen, we have not seen this game played out. We just haven't. Every time that we've had the uh State Farm Bowl, as they've been calling it, um, one of the quarterbacks is not available, either because of COVID or an injury or something else. So I just believe that the Packers are going to, I mean, they're 13 and 13 or four that Matt LaFleur has a good defense. He has a presumptive MVP at quarterback. He has Devonte Adams. And to be honest, they've not dealt with a ton of injuries. They're getting some of their defensive players back um, off of the COVID and off of IR. So I, I really think that they have a strong chance. I do believe Dallas, of course, can give anyone a run for their money. I really believe that. But the chiefs know, if they're looking at this postseason, they need to put a lot of demons to rest because while Eric Bieniemy has not really been getting a lot of hype as a as a potential head coach, he's going to be gone sooner or rather than later. So I think that that goes into it a little bit as well. I think that there's going to be somewhat of a push for the Chiefs to just absolutely decimate or hold on and make it to the Super Bowl and then pull out a whole game plan we've never seen before. The Packers don't have to do that. Because the Packers game plan every week is run, run, Devontae Adams, run, run, DeGuara, run, run, Devontae Adams, run, run, Alan Lazard, run, Adams, Lazard, run, run, Devontae Adams. And no one is able to stop it. No one, uh, except for the New England Patriots. And the New England Patriots won't make it to the Super Bowl. It'll be Packers, Chiefs, in which I think we're finally in the State Farm Bowl, also Super Bowl. We're going to see a Packers victory. And then Rodgers is going to have to make one of the best decisions of his career. Is he going to talk all that shit and then leave? Or is he going to come back to the Packers after being a two-time Super Bowl champ? And then the team is going to flail. That's kind of where I think we're going. (laughs) Either he retires or he wins the game and he's like, yeah, I I fixed everything with with the front office. We're good. I I don't know. But we'll see. Isn't he... 
Isn't he on for another year also? Yeah, but I mean, come on. Money doesn't matter to some of these players. They'll just not All show right. up. All right, so, so those are our really bad takes on uh, on a Super Bowl in which we are uh, not going to review any actual playoff games before we make that prediction. And we which is the smartest four teams make it. It's the smartest thing you do uh, in, in 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 any kind of sports conversation. So yeah, fuck it, let's roll. <laughs> I'll be watching the conference games at eight a.m. Hawaiian time, so I'm not really not really worried about it. You know what I mean? Which which I'll means she's not, like, oh my god! So the best thing that I ever discovered. So I went on my honeymoon to Hawaii, where where Sam's about to go in Maui. Uh, there's a sleep adjustment that you're going to have to deal with. It's very, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. real. Cause it's, I'm not kidding. It's like a, it's a, Six 16, hours it's a 16 hour, 18 hour flight to get there. And then it's a 60, it's a six hour difference. So do some quick math. You wake up at uh, seven in the morning. You're waking up mm-hmm. at 1am Hawaii time. So what you do is you stay up really, really late the night before. You get on the plane, you do whatever you can to stay awake for half the flight, and then you sleep on the way there, and when you land, depending on when your flight lands, wake up, you know, tough it out. But uh, what'll happen the first day is you'll find yourself waking up at like 6 in the morning, you'll go downstairs, and football will be on your television in the bar. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. It's the fucking best. So I walked down, I'm, I'm like... I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to keep my wife awake. She had found a way to kind of keep sleeping. So I'm going to go downstairs. And I didn't know. I didn't even know. Like, I'm telling you, you're so caught up in the travel experience and everything else. You were like, forget about it. So I walked downstairs. I was like, all right, I'm going to go walk around the lobby and just kind of check out what's down there. And I walked down and I saw the the bar restaurant area was open. And there was a couple people like sitting there drinking coffee at the bar because it was so early that the actual restaurant wasn't open. So I went and I sat at the bar. I'm like. Can I get coffee? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god! And I look up, and the Patriots were playing football, and I was like, holy shit! Wait a second. I was like, I completely forgot about this. That, like, it is one o'clock right now. It was seven a.m., so it was one o'clock in New England, and the Patriots are just starting football. And I was like, this might be the greatest thing I that has happened to me this trip so far. And it was one day into it, and he was like, I mean, I can give you a beer if you want. I'm like. I'm sorry, what did yes. you just say? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 20 knots immediately. Immediately. Uh, I was like, yes, yes, let's do this. Uh, I will have a beer with my coffee. And that kind of set the pace for the day. And I, my wife had ended up finding a way to sleep in for a few hours. So I watched an entire Patriots game, sitting in a bar, watching the sun come up at a beach in Maui. It was amazing. It was amazing. So Sam, I hope, I hope you have the same experience. I'm sure that I'm sure that I will. I'm sure it'll be absolutely fantastic, and uh, I look forward to uh, your Super Bowl prediction not coming true. So, me too. What do we want to do about this? What are we putting on the line here? Are we putting a four pack, or are we putting a? I don't even know. I mean, I, I will bet anything, but is this worthy on a bet after not seeing a single playoff game? Like, what? What, yes, are, we, that's, that's what the, are the parameters going to be if one that, of us that's, gets a? That's, that's the same thing, right? When people like on the beginning part of the season go, I'm dropping a thousand dollars on the Browns to win the Super Bowl at plus thirty three hundred or whatever, right? Because they're right. trying to make their the craziest picks. All right. So what we need to do then is we need to come up with like tiers to the bet, right? First of all, if you pick a team that makes it to the Super Bowl, that's like one tier. <laughs> if you get okay. both Our teams point. that get to the Super Bowl, two points. I don't know. It's just, mom ain't raised no bitch. Come on. 
No, I mean, I mean for real. If it's to the point where, if only one of us guesses something, guesses a team that makes it to the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure we're gonna win. Like, we have yeah. very, we have completely different teams going. If one of us picks a team True. that goes to the Super Bowl, that's it. Like, that's it. <laughs> that everything after that is literally just fluff. Uh, so he, he, I think this is how it goes. If you guess one team that goes. I'll go all in. If you guess one team that makes it, it's a four pack. If you guess okay. both teams, that's two four packs, right? And if you guess the winner, it's two four packs and a nice bottle of whiskey. Yeah, oh, it's boy. big. It's big. But let's be clear: neither one of us are going to guess both teams <laughs> that made it there, and then guessing the win because we already missed the guess on the two folks that are there. Probably also not happening, but let's just make it interessante, as you say. Okay. Yeah. All right. We yeah, don't even have do to it. throw out a score, but or uh, actually, let's do this. So we could put a side bet on like the score of what the Super Bowl is going to be. Doesn't matter what the teams are, just the actual score. Probably some bullshit like you know 28-24. Yeah, I mean, there's been some very low-scoring Super Bowls in, in recent memory. Yeah. Okay, so side. Well, the, the the Patriots being a great defensive team, the Cowboys being a great offensive team. Clearly, you think that's going to be a thirteen to three kind of Super Bowl, yeah? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, all right, guessing score. Nah, I mean we we have such a long shot anyway. We don't we don't have to worry about that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you can come up with something we can throw on that. Like, all right, so this is this is live. This is live recording, and I'm not going to edit this shit out so that we can like give a glimpse into what's going on. Uh, Here we I mean, go. Here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, if 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 neither of our teams make it, let's let's come up with like a score, and uh, whoever gets the closest sends the other person a four pack. Yep, twenty eight, twenty four is my score. That's what I think. Twenty eight, twenty four. Uh. I'm going to go with a wider gap. I'm going to go like 2130. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm going to go with. So I got a seven point difference. You have a what, what, what point difference you have? And a seven point difference? Uh, yeah, no, math. I have a nine point difference. <laughs> Ooh, everybody, I'm about to get a bottle of whiskey. Stats. As math, do not matter. Uh, <laughs> yes, Sam. If you get, I will, I will straight up say, if you get closer than I do, I will send you, uh, I will give you time to, to contemplate and we'll send you a nice bottle of whiskey or a, a nice four pack, uh, should you decide which one. Okay. All righty. Let's do it. Let's lock it in. You have Patriots Cowboys 30 to 21. I have Packers Chiefs 28, 24. Man. That is gonna be. I don't know if I would. All right, well, let's rephrase that because I don't know if that's <laughs> the score I have between okay. those teams. It's, it's I, a great I, fucking idea. No, no, no. So... I'm, hed I'm hedging a bet. Is what that is. Okay. So all right, all right, th all right. those are those are picking the teams I have to go in it. If those teams so end up in it, it's a different score. Tiebreaker. Yeah. Score tiebreaker. Score tiebreaker. Yeah. All right. I mean, at this point, since we both picked different teams, if if either one of us gets just one of those teams correct, we win. And it's it's over yeah, at that point. If we yeah. miss all four teams, then we defer to the score difference. Fair? Sounds good. All right. Yep. Deal. All right, real quick, 
Run down a list of uh, firing squad uh, that took on uh, this week. We had Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. Can't believe it. We had Can't Vikings head coach. I know. We'll 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 dive into the 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 Flores thing here in a second. We're just rapid firing this bitch. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer, uh, Matt Nagy. We saw coming for the Bears, but then the GM Ryan Pace also sent packing. Broncos head coach uh, Vic Fangio. Uh, which we all saw coming a while ago. And then the Giants, Joe Judge, which if you saw that game and the fans losing their fucking marbles in the stands, I think everyone kind of saw that one coming. But out of all of that, the biggest surprise, but also not the biggest surprise, is Brian Flores. Biggest surprise in that they have not been totally unsuccessful. Not surprising is that it's another... Belichick protege who's gone on to kind of struggle a little bit, but some of that may be because he wasn't necessarily behind the two acquisition in terms of picks in the draft. And now there's some conversation as to whether or not maybe it's because he wanted to, uh, and the front office didn't want to like, there's a lot of big question marks there. That one's a big surprise. You beat your conference opponent, like, you have a four and two record against them, who's obviously one of the biggest contenders that you go up against. So, of that group I just listed, Sam, which one is your biggest surprise? Ah, definitely Brian Flores. Like yeah. any any time that it, as a coach you can beat a one Bill Belichick, you're usually kind of quasi guaranteed to get your job. And I understand that they lost a lot of games, but come on, dude, you got a quarterback and two up when Herbert was on the board, you could have grabbed him. You deal with a lot of injuries. You lose seven games in a row. You you win seven games in a row. No team has ever done that. You trade away a lot of players to get picks, and you kind of change the culture of the football team. You got to give it. Give that man a fourth year. You know what I mean? What's going to happen is is Brian Flores is going to crush it, probably in Chicago. That's -hmm. what's going to happen. He's going to absolutely tear hell through the NFC North. And uh, the Dolphins are going to be like, oh, well, we have this coaching vacancy and we just took some whiz-bang new coordinator, but I wish we would have kept Brian Flores. That's going to happen. Did you just say whiz-bang? Whiz-bang, wonderkind. I don't know if, I don't know if uh, the Bears have the roster to support. I mean, they're going to have a new coach and a new GM. I don't know if that's it matched with that roster. I don't know if that's where I would. They got Justin Fields. Get a uh, coach that wants to actually like back the scheme to kind of excel that player in his style. And then you build a defense to minimize uh, giving up huge leads and emphasize takeaways. I'm telling you that that team could go from, from worst to second or first in the division, especially what happens if, if Rogers decides to move on. Yeah. But if you're looking at fields, like what has he done to really give you a lot of confidence that he's the guy? What has he done? Hmm. Every time you have a coach who decides that they're going to take the starting quarterback and then bench them and then take the bench quarterback, start them and then bench that starting quarterback and then bench the, the benchy. Yeah, there's you just, up. You don't, yeah. You don't you don't you don't get a lot going. It, it doesn't help a young quarterback. You have to really say, listen, you're the guy, we're throwing the farm behind you, and I may not have wanted to draft you. I'm gonna put those differences aside and I think that's what people are using as Brian Flores is like way out. They say, "Oh, well, he didn't want Tua." To be frank, mm-hmm. so he played. Four other franchise didn't want Tua. Right, but he played in twelve games. He started ten of them. He has a record of mm-hmm. two and eight. Yeah, 
Uh, he has a completion percentage of 58.9%. Two and eight versus two and 14 at Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, no, no, but yeah, he has seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. there are some major red flags when you're throwing like a, a what is that, a three or 4% interception rate? Like that's... The red flag is that the NFL is, uh, we drafted you. You're in the first 30 picks. Guess what? You're starting. Uh, oh, I've been saying way, that all season, Rafael. I, I know. I know. It, took me, it took me a while. Whoa. It took me a while. I've been saying that all season, and I don't know if I felt that same energy uh, this, this, this whole season. So suddenly, like, that's, that's what we're going with. I reserve the right to change my picks and my opinions and my political yeah, sway enough. at will. At will. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know if Justin Fields is the guy, but um, changing your coach and your GM, as long as they give him a little bit of a leash, like beyond like a year, give him three years, four years to maybe flush something out. But that's not even happening for David Cully. He was given a five-year deal, and they think they think he might be out in Houston after one year. It's like he didn't have Deshaun Watson. He didn't have a great team. He had Davis Mills at quarterback. He has Pep Hamilton, who's a quarterback whisperer. And now Pep Hamilton might go to another team and you might fire the coach. Like, all right, Houston, you're going to get exactly what you asked for, which is a disaster piece next season. Yeah, well, Houston's a bit of a mess. And part of that is because their franchise quarterback decided to uh, get himself into some shit and they had to scramble after that. But, yeah. All right. Listen, I, I, I see the notes. I see you got a couple things to just bang out real quick. We're running long on the tooth. We're gonna we're gonna hit you guys. We we're gonna hit Cost you guys with like a two hour episode on our way out to say thank you. <laughs> Listen to our voice. So I'm gonna give Sam. I'm gonna defer to Sam to just quickly bang out the quick notes he has here. Minimal interjection, get, but Sam, get go. the stop belt ready. Here we go. Brian Flores is gonna crush it. Prediction: New team Bears. They're gonna crush it next year. Hey Giants, don't fuck this up. Don't hire another guy that's Joe Judge. Don't do it. I don't care if he got coffee for Bill Belichick, walked his dog, knows his his uh, ex-wife and is a family friend. Fuck it. Don't do it. Raiders might want to give Rich B his due. Maybe you give him a couple-year deal, see what he can do. Bears, hire Brian Flores. Vikings, draft or trade for a fucking QB that isn't anti-vax and might actually win you some games when it counts. Chargers. Keep shooting that shot, bro. Don't ever let up. Denver. The notes for Minnesota Vikings and Denver. Oh, let me look. What is that? Draft trade for a QB. Hire Brian Flores. Okay, here we go. Uh, Look, general note for the league. Don't touch Deshaun Watson with a 43-foot long pole like the Grinch unless there's legal clarity. And even if then, if there's legal clarity, strongly consider other options. Don't just go with the talent. Jacksonville Jaguars. Stick with Bevel. And skybox shoddy in Denver. If you don't fucking hire Eric Bieniemy or Brian Flores, I don't want to fucking hear any more complaints about your team. You're in the AFC West with the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Raiders, who could spoil you at any time they want to. Go for broke, as I do with the picks. And to end this episode of a Stats Runner podcast. This is where you say peace. No, 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 no. It's giving you a second to like make sure you got it all in. Also, I talked while my mic was muted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> however, uh, we got one more episode coming at you guys. Uh, it'll be uh, a few weeks in between 
then we're going to take a little time off to kind of, you know, relax, reassess. And then, you know, neither of us are, are huge NBA fans. But right around the corner, we got some baseball starting up. And uh, back to your originally scheduled program. So wait for us. You'll hear from us in a few weeks uh, when Sam is sending me and boxing up some, some delicious beverages. Uh, but Ugh, the worst. we love you guys. We thank you for... Uh, uh, what is not quite yet the early end of season two, but close. Close. And what are you doing? You like making out with your microphone? I just said peace. You're gonna hear it when you when you play it back. And I recorded. I said peace. I did. I did not hear that. I, I... Oh boy! Turn turn the gain up. Here we go. Here we go. All right, boys, girls, those, they, them, all of you included. Peace.